Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out our other podcasts. Uh, among them, we've got the Amazing World of Radio over at amazing.greatdetectives.net. Uh, there we do so many little uh, mini-series. Uh, we've done tributes to Jack Webb, Kirk Douglas, and Olivia de Havilland. We also had, uh, did a summer series voted on by our Patreon supporters for the summer of Angela Lansbury, Pomp Secret, and such a wide variety of different programs. If you're into a lot of different types of old-time radio, you'll want to check out The Amazing World of Radio at amazing.greatdetectives.net. Then there's the old-time radio Superman show. We also have uh, our World War II podcast, The War, the war.greatdetectives.net. And then there's the video version of this podcast at videotheater.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of The Fat Man. The original air date, November the 25th of 1954, and the title is Murder and the Peacock. There he goes into that drugstore. He's stepping on the scales. Wait. 239 pounds. Fortune, danger. Who is it? The Fat Man. And now, here's the fat man in Murder and the Peacock. The Brunson Insurance Company specialized in fire and theft. They'd insure almost anything, but occasionally they got hit and hit hard in spite of the persistence of old man Brunson, president of the company. I'd done a lot of work for them from time to time, so I wasn't surprised when I got a call asking me to drop in. I was surprised, and I was told the old man himself wanted to see me. I usually dealt with somebody in the investigation department. It was 10 a.m. when I was ushered into the office of the president. Bronson sat at the big desk in the corner, his fingers beating a nervous tattoo on the arm of his chair. He glanced up as I came in and waved me to a seat. Sit down, Runyon. I suppose you're wondering why I called you personally. That is a little unusual. This is an unusual case, Runyon, and a very important one in this company. Did you ever hear of Solomon's Rope? The matched jade necklace stolen from the Mavis family 15 years ago? Yes. I don't know whether you know it or not, but this company had insured the necklace for $300,000. Yeah, and you paid off on it. Exactly. If you remember, the Mavis home was robbed by a gang of gunmen led by a man named Jack Kelly. The first of the Dillinger breed. That's right. The necklace was part of the loot. Less than three weeks later, the FBI trapped the gang. And in the gunfight that followed, killed most of them, including Kelly. The entire loot from the Mavis robbery was recovered, except for the necklace known as Solomon's Rope. It was never found. 
I thought the police figured Kelly broke it down and got rid of it stone by stone before the FBI closed with him. I'm not the police, Runyon. I'm a businessman. $300,000 represents a tremendous investment to this company. Besides, I think the police were wrong in their theory. Why? Look at it this way. Kelly was just a gunman with more nerve than brains. The FBI was closing in on him. He didn't have much time. He had plenty of ready cash. Why would he take the trouble to get rid of the necklace stone by stone? I think he liked it and hid it someplace. Maybe he thought he'd give it to some girlfriend. Fifteen years is a long time, Mr. Bronson. Why the sudden interest? Well, I'm coming to that. If you remember, there were two members of Kelly's gang who weren't with the rest when the G-men closed in. One was a little weasel-faced fellow named Tucker Malone. I remember. They caught him two days later hiding in a flop house in Chicago. That's right. The other missing member was a girl named Kitty Cassidy. They didn't know too much about her and never did catch her. She's still missing. You think this Kitty Cassidy got the necklace? No, no. She hadn't been with the gang long and she wasn't Kelly's girl. I don't think she would have known where Kelly hit it, but I do think Tucker Malone might know. He got life, didn't he? Yes, but his sentence was commuted. He was released from prison three days ago. And now you think he'll go after the necklace? Exactly. It seems to me you missed a bet on not having somebody pick up his trail when he got out. He might be hard to find by now. Oh, I did that purposely. I didn't want to arouse his suspicions. Now, do you think you can find him? I can try. Good. Then you'll take the job? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Runyon, I, I might add that there is a $10,000 reward posted by this company for the return of the necklace. And so, with his head bowed deep in thought, the fat man solved another case. Very funny, very funny. Now, listen, Charlie, I'm busy. Sure, sure. What are you doing, posing for an overweight version of the thinker? If you're looking for a story, go down to night court. You won't get any byline here. Already I got a story. And what a story. You like to hear it? Go write it. I'll read it in the morning edition of that tabloid you work for. I haven't got the ending yet. That's why I came to see you. I'm not a storyteller. I'm a detective. Precisely, my dear Watson. Which brings me to the purpose of my visit. I want to hire a detective. Out of my own pocket, I want to hire a detective. I hate to miss that, but I told you I was busy. Now beat it and let me alone. Ever hear of Solomon's Rope? Maybe I'm not as busy as I thought. I'm your employer, then? Well, let's have the story first. Last night, in the course of my duties as an ace reporter, I happened to stop in a little beer joint over on 3rd Avenue. That's no novelty. A man was standing at the bar, and he was very drunk. I couldn't place him, but the face was mighty familiar. It made me think of sweet, bygone memories. Black touring cars with curtains, straight homemade gin, and uh, Tommy guns without khaki uniforms. And that made you think of Jack Curley, and then it clicked. The guy was Tucker Malone. Yeah. So you know he's out. I get around, too. What happened after you recognized him? Well, I remembered the necklace, Solomon's rope, and uh, how it had never turned up. Right in my lap was the only guy in the world who might know where it was. And he was drunk. What a story, if I could get it. Yeah. He didn't know me from Adam. I bought him a couple of drinks and finally got him out of the place. And then I tried to pump him. Did he talk? Well, not much. He was awful drunk. But just before he passed out, he did say something. I can't make anything out of it, but... Uh, or maybe you can. What did he say? He put his hand on my shoulder and he said, 
You're the first real pal I ever had. I'm going to make you rich, pal. I shook him and said, well, when, how? He stared at me a minute, and then he said, the old guy raises peacocks. Tie that for me, will you, pal? Peacocks? Well, that's what he said. What do you think he was talking about? Beats me. Maybe he was seeing peacocks instead of pink elephants. I like that part about making me rich, though. I, uh, I think he meant the necklace. What do you want me to do? Listen, that guy's valuable. He's the lead sentence to the story of the year, and I want that story. There may be others who want the necklace. I want to hire you to protect him until I get him to talk. And what do you say? I take it you know where Malone is. I'll say I know. I wasn't taking any chances. He's under lock and key in my apartment, sleeping off his drunk right now. In here. You'd better make some coffee for Malone. That's a good idea. You haven't got a girl hidden in here, too, have you? A girl? Well, of course not. Why? Perfume, smell it. It's constant love. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's funny. Where's I... the bedroom? Oh, that door over there. Come on. Hey, look at Malone. Cute, huh? Sleeping like a baby. Yeah. He's sleeping like a baby, all right. A dead baby. Dead? Bullets, three of them. They weren't taking any chances. Well, who could have... Hey, you don't think I did it? I don't know. Oh, but I didn't, Brad, I swear. I, I, I told you I left him here sleeping it off. Well, why would I kill him? He, he was my story. That perfume. It must have been a girl. She, she came yeah, here... Yeah, maybe, maybe. You're in a jam, Charlie. I didn't kill him. No, I don't think you did, but I'll have to call the cops. Uh, no, no, wait a minute, Brad. I'm in a spot. You said so yourself. I really need a detective now for myself. I, I gotta find this guy's murderer. You're still hired if you want the job. This is just the beginning of this thing. I think you're right about that. Well, give me a break, then. Let me knock out a story on this. I'll have a clean scoop. I'll call the cops the minute I turn my story in. Okay, Charlie. Thanks. You're sure nobody came up here with you last night except Malone? What do you mean? The perfume. No girl came with you? I've told you the truth, Brad. So help me, I have. I hope so. Go ahead and write your story, but make it fast. And don't touch anything in this bedroom. When you're finished, call Lieutenant McKenzie at headquarters and tell him the truth. I left the reporter alone with the dead man and drove to my office. All the way downtown, Malone's last words kept running through my head. The old guy raises peacocks. Tie that one for me, will you, pal? A drunk's dream or the key to something? In this business, you can't afford to pass up anything, not even a drunk street. So somebody raises peacocks. It was just noon when I parked the car and went up to the office. I opened the door and smelled it. The same perfume. Constant love. The girl sat carelessly in the client's chair, one slim leg crossed over the other. I noticed her eyes. You'd always notice her eyes first. They were black. Blacker than the inside of a coffin at midnight. And they caught the light like agates. She motioned slightly with a small, flat automatic pistol in her right hand. Kick the door closed with your foot and try to touch a ceiling with those big, strong arms, fat man. What movie did you step out of, beautiful? All right, wise guy. This gun has six bullets in it. 
According to my figures, your gun, if you still got it with you, has only three. I want it. Now turn around. Somehow you don't strike me as the constant love type. Never mind that. Not a gun. Nice rod. No powder smell. Wrong guess number one for little kitty. Loaded and hasn't been fired. Must have been the newsboy. Charlie didn't kill Malone, beautiful, and neither did I. We sort of thought you did. Do you think I look like the kind of sap that would kill the goose that laid the golden eggs? If the goose had quit laying, yeah. Yeah. Take your necktie off, fat man. It's not hot. That's what you think. Now off with it. <sighs> Throw it on the chair. Now open your shirt. Why the striptease, beautiful? A necklace is made to wear around a neck. <laughs> Even a neck as big as yours. <laughs> Smart girl, but wrong guess number two for little Kitty. Mm. Yeah, well, let's stop guessing, huh? Where is it, fat man? I don't know. This gun's got a silencer, and I'm not kidding. Shoot, sweetheart. I wouldn't tell you even if I knew. You've got a nerve. I, uh, I like guys with nerve. I don't like girls with guns. What made you add my name to this party? That's easy. I've been waiting 14 years to talk to Malone. When he came out, I told him. He must have led you to some interesting places. He did. I saw the newsboy pick Malone up last night. I tailed him to his apartment. Malone was loaded, and I knew he wouldn't move until late today. I came back this morning and paid a call. The reporter was gone, Malone was dead, and the necklace was missing. It wasn't hard to figure, so I hung around outside and waiting. I saw you and the newsboy come in. That gave me ideas, so I came to your office to wait. How did you know me? Why, Mr. Runyon, haven't you heard? You're a celebrity. <laughs> you like it? It makes sense. Better sense than yours in the reporter's story. Now turn around and face the wall. Time to travel. Sorry, but I'll uh, have to keep your gun. Maybe we'll meet again. I can hardly wait. You know, for a fat man, you wouldn't look at all bad in a bathing suit. Okay, sweetheart. Lock the door. Have it your way. Operator, I'm in a hurry. Get me the city zoo. Yeah, that's right, the zoo. Yeah, quite a girl. I'd hate to have her for my first date. Hello, city zoo. I'd like to know the name of anybody who raises peacocks within a hundred miles of this city. told George, he's my husband, George, I just told him that he was foolish to go out without a coat, but he won't let those peacocks alone. Won't you come in? Thanks. I uh, reckon that's what you come about, ain't it? 
the peacocks. As a matter of fact, it is. Uh, sit down, Mr. Runyon. Runyon. Uh, sit down, Mr. Runyon. George will be in in a minute. My, I never saw the like of it. What? All the peacock buyers coming at once. Here we go along, raising them for years, and nobody wants them. And then, in less than a week, two of you fellas show up to buy. <laughs> uh, that's what you're here for, ain't it? Yes, that's it. Of course, I'll want to look them over pretty well. That's just what the other fellow said, too. I always like to know what my competitors are doing. I was just wondering who this other fellow was. I don't rightly remember his name, but George might. He was a little fellow with an awful pale face. Looked like he'd never seen the sun. Uh, let's see now. It, it was the day the barn caught fire. The barn caught fire? Mm, yes. It happened while that little peacock fire was here. We was all mighty busy putting it out, I can tell you. Uh, that was just uh, two days ago. This is a nice old house you have here, Mrs. Jarvis. Yes, it's real homey. Lived here all your life? Oh, land sakes, no. George bought this place about ten years ago. You never know what you might find in an old house like this. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? Antiques and things. Oh, it's funny you're saying that. I found something very peculiar in this house right after we moved in. You did? Yes. Uh, George don't like for me to talk about it. He says it might not be good publicity. What did you find, Mrs. Jarvis? Guns, Mr. Runyon. Five of them, all loaded up. They was under the floor in the kitchen. Guns? Oh, lots of folks don't know it. But this house was headquarters for some gangsters in the old days. You don't say. Yes, sir. What do you think of that? That's very interesting. You never found anything else, did you? No, not a thing. Some folks think there's a loot hidden here somewhere on the place, but we ain't never seen any of it. Oh, here comes George. Now, don't let on I told you about the gun. He don't like my talking so much. Maggie, where was that? Come in, George. Uh, this here is Mr. Runyon. He's another one of those peacock buyers. He wants to look at your birds. I ain't interested in selling my peacocks, mister. Why, George, what on earth are you... You heard me, Maggie. I ain't interested. So you might just as well run along, mister. But George, you know very well I that said you... no. Do you mind if I just look at them? Yes, I do mind. I, I told you I ain't interested in selling, so why look at them? I don't want no more buyers coming around here, so so, so you can get. George Jarvis, you must have lost your mind. I know what I'm doing. I ain't selling my peacocks, and I ain't showing them to anybody either. And that's final. <laughs> Hey, Brad, where you been anyway? I've been looking all over town for you. I was in the country, Mac, seeing a man about some peacocks. Peacocks? Look, Brad, I thought you and me were friends. That news hound says you were with him when he found the body. That's right. But why didn't you report it? You know the Calm part. down, Mac. I gave Charlie a break because he gave me one. Yeah, I'll say you gave him a break. The paper's already in the street when he calls up nice as pie and says, I've got a murder for you, Lieutenant. I'm surprised he didn't wait for me to read it in the paper. Maybe he doesn't think he can read. Yeah. Well, I'm putting the heat on Charlie Blake. I think he killed Malone. Quit acting like a kid, Mac. I mean it. I think that news hound did it just to get a good story. I'd pull him in on suspicion if it weren't for the paper. 
They already made a big enough sap out of me. Now you're using your head again. Why don't you ask me about the peacocks? Yeah, what were you doing in the country and what about the peacocks? The farmer doesn't want to sell them anymore. What are you talking about? Solomon's rope. Remember it? So that's why Malone was knocked off. I think so. But Kelly broke that necklace up and got rid of it before the FBI got him. I don't think he did. Why not? Because I think I found the place where Kelly hid it. Where? Uh, is that what you mean about the peacocks? Right. A farm up near Statesville that Kelly used as a hideout once. A farmer and his wife live there now, and the farmer raises peacocks. I've got a hunch the necklace is still there. Ah, but that doesn't make sense. Malone must have had the necklace. Why else would he be killed? I think I know. You're crazy. Besides, we got a tip that Kitty Cassidy was in town. She's been missing for years and was one of the old Kelly mob. She must have done in Malone and got the jade. She's in town, all right, with a gun of her own and one of mine. Yours? <laughs> what happened, Brad? She dropped in to see me, made me do a strip tease, and took my gun. Well, that's one for the book. Why'd she do that? She thought I had the necklace. She didn't have it, and she came after Malone was killed. Where's Blake now? In his office at the newspaper, I guess. Come on. You've got to see him right away. I hope Blake's in his apartment. Yeah, there's a light under his door. See, he knows the game's up and he's stalling. Come on, put your shoulder against this door and heave. Right. You don't need your shoulder. It's unlocked. All right, Blake, don't try to... Put your gun away, Mac. Somebody else got to Blake first. Dead? Yeah. But not long. The girl. He did have the necklace and she got it away from him. I think the girl killed him, but she didn't get the necklace. Come on, Mac. We haven't got much time. Where are we going? Back to that peacock farm. the door, Mrs. Jarvis. Why, why, Mr. Runyon, what in the world are you doing here at this time of night? Oh, I've never seen such goings on. Decent folks ought to be in bed. Where's your husband? Why, he's gone out to show his peacocks to... Uh, who's this other fellow, Mr. Runyon? He's a friend of mine. Oh, well, I never, I just never saw anything like it. First the little man, and then you, and, and now tonight that girl. Girl? Why, yes. she come about a half an hour ago. We was all ready for bed. I thought she must be crazy wanting to see them birds at this hour. I says to George, them peacocks must be mighty all-fired important all of a sudden. Did he take her out to look at the peacocks? Yes, and they've been out there for the last... Come on, Mac. Why, Mr. Ryan, what's the matter? Where are you going? To see your husband. Oh, well, I don't know. It's... It's mighty dark out there. I... What's it mean, Brad? The girl's after the necklace, of course. But it's still here. we better hurry. You think the girl's going to try and knock off the farmer? I don't know. I can't see anything out here, can you? That dark building off to the left is the Peacock Pennon house. That's where they must be. Hold it, Brad. What's the matter? Over there in the other direction. That other big building. You saw a light flash over there. That's the barn. They must be in there. Come on. You got a flashlight, Mac? Yeah. Good. 
Oh, here it is. Hold it a second. I don't hear anything. That's all right, Matt. Go in. Jarvis. They've gone. Shine the light around, Mac. No, there's nothing in here. Wait a minute. Shine it back there on that pile of hay again. I thought I saw something. Oh, it's just an old shoe. It's a shoe, all right, Mac. A girl's shoe, and the owner is still wearing it. Look. Dead. Is that... It's Kitty. Strangled with a piece of twine. Yeah. There's your murderer, Mac the Farmer. He killed Malone and this girl. But Blake, he couldn't have killed him. No, Kitty killed Blake because she thought he had the necklace. When she didn't find it, she must have suspected the farmer of killing Malone. But why? Don't you get it? The farmer found the necklace. He had it all along. He knew Malone was after it. He probably followed him back to town, waited his chance, and killed him. Hey, what's that? It's a peacock screaming. Somebody's in the pen. Come on. But the peacocks, what are they I screaming? don't know. That was a shotgun. It came from the peacock pen. Hurry, Mac! Here's the pen. Uh, he's gone. Look! They're on the ground, Mac. A dead peacock. He shot it. But why? I think I know now. Come on. He's running off through that field with one of the birds. He probably broke the bird's neck to shut it up. Uh, he's not too far ahead. Yeah, but it's so dark it'll be hard to see. Right. Uh, hey, the shotgun again. What could he be shooting now if he's killed the bird already? I don't know, but... Look, Mac. Over there in the field near the fence. I can't see it. Give me that light. There. There, now do you see? The farmer. Yeah, but what happened to him? He must have fallen. Hey, he fell all right. Look there. Golly, half his head blown off. He tripped in the dark, and when he fell, the shotgun went off and hit him. Well, that'll save the state a lot of trouble. What about the peacock he was carrying? Dead, too. He wrung its neck while he was running. Yeah, but I don't get it. What did he want with the bird? This, Mac. Look here where I'm shining the light here on the bird. I don't see anything to... Well, I'll be done. The necklace. Smart boy, that farmer. What better hiding place could he find than the plumage of a peacock? How'd he manage it? Easy. It's strung around the body of the bird and held in place by a piece of wire. The green color of the jade fits in perfectly with the green feathers of the bird. Hmm. But why did he shoot the other bird back there? It was dark. He thought he had the bird with a necklace. He shot it so he could get it off easier. Then he realized he made a mistake. He probably heard us coming and didn't have time to shoot this one. Or maybe he wanted that one remaining shotgun shell to fire at us. Yeah, but it got him instead. <laughs> That's irony, isn't it? Yeah. Wait a second, Mac. Until I get this necklace off. There. Come on, let's go. Well, you, you got your necklace and I got my murderers, even if they are both dead. Yeah. And we're each $5,000 richer. Huh? Hey, what are you talking about? That's right, Mac. There's a $10,000 reward for the recovery of this necklace. You helped me get it, so I figure you're entitled to half the reward. Do you mean to say that I'm going to get $5,000 all at once? Uh-huh. $5,000. I guess you'll be able to... Hey, Mac. Mac, what's wrong? What? 
Well, well, I'll be. That's the first time I ever saw a cop faint. seems I spend my life in getting into trouble and getting out of it. But at the same time, I generally manage to get some other people in and out of trouble, too. Be seeing you again. Welcome back. Uh, this is one of those plots where I I kind of swear that I'd heard this, a similar thing on an American program. Uh, at first, it sounded a little bit by the McCormick matter from uh, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, but then it went in a completely different direction. So I don't know. Uh, like all of the Australian versions of the Fat Man, the American counterparts not in circulation, but it could have been on some other series. That accent for the uh, female gang member was something else. I don't know quite what that was. I do wonder if she also played the uh, farmer's wife, which was obviously a better accent. Because oftentimes when uh, an actor or actress is given uh, two characters, they'll just try to make the uh, other character sound very different and that uh, gang member definitely sounded different. All right, well, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Thomas. Thomas has been one of our Patreon supporters since December of 2019, currently supporting us at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Thomas. And that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for The Man Called X. Next Tuesday, another episode of The Fat Man. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.